Good morning. Welcome to the round table. Glad you're here. You can hear it. Guys, what a week to be back here. Man, after last week, you missed all the excitement in the room, at least in this corner of the room really? last week. What yes. Well, uh, we had a guest speaker here. You don't ever want to disappoint a guest speaker. You don't want to disappoint the guys in the room either. Jeff Cook was not here. Uh-oh. Uh Jeff Stout was not here. Uh-oh. And who do you have? Mark and I were working on the sound for a little while in the video trying to figure it out. Two blind mice not having a clue what we were doing. And thank goodness Ashley walked in and helped us a little bit. Got, got everything back on run. Dysfunction Junction. But the message was still good. The message was still good. Guys, um, man, I, 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 well, okay, a couple things. First off, deer camp. 16th, weekend after this. This weekend, Deer Camp alumni uh, were doing a work day trying to clean up around the construction area of the new building. If you're available to spend some time Saturday morning, please go up. Josh is kind of coordinating that. If you'll show up, he'll give you a, a job and assignment to help, help clean up and get ready for Deer Campers uh, in a week and a half, in 10 days. Deer Camp, 16th of September, if you have not been, please, I encourage you, please, please, please attend. Go online and register for it. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know if it is or not. It's a good question. I, I just work here. I'm not sure. We're going to find out right quick. We'll know. Yeah. There it is. Yes. There we go. There we go. So how do you, where, where's the new link? Website. Where's the link, Jeff? We have a new website. Where is it? You can chat with me on right there. Chat with Phil. It's in. It's on this page somewhere. Make a donation. Make a donation. Make a donation. And then they'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> and then, they, that's right, then they'll let you pay. <laughs> oh, oh. Workshops. Yeah. Under the workshops. You're in the right place. Yep. There we go. Men's coaching, Men's coaching weekend. Look at there. Looks just like it. It's somewhere around here. Individual. Maybe tell me. Anyway, it's on here somewhere. That's right. All right. If all else fails, give me a call. I'll help you out. We'll get we'll get word in somehow. Yeah, yeah. We'll get word in. Guys, uh, I was reminded this morning there are some cards out on the table as you come in when you sign in. If you've got somebody, a friend you may know, acquainted, somebody at work, you may want to invite them to Men's Roundtable. Information's on the front and the back of this. There's a little card just to remind you about Men's Roundtable, give them some information about it. We are wrapping up the series on Trueface today, on removing the mask. Uh, Phil starts a new series next week. It'll be a great time to invite a friend. We'd love to have the room filled up with men uh, eager to learn. I, you know, I, I always try to have something to say when I when I come on Thursday mornings, and this morning I was struggling for a little bit, so God gave me some information this morning, not the kind that I wanted to have. Um, true face, behind the mask. Young man, it's a roommate of my youngest son, uh, kind of in a, in, a, in a battle right now, in a struggle. Uh, he and his fiance broke off their pending uh, wedding and I uh, got a text message coming in this morning that his dad passed away this morning. Uh, he and his mom were trying to get to the hospital to see him before he passed, and unfortunately he died before they could get there. I'll, I'll mention him in the prayer. But what do you do when the world is coming down around you? That's what this whole series has been about. If you're in hiding, where do you go if you've hidden from God? When the enemy has piled everything he can pile on you. I was talking to a guy earlier this week at lunch, and he was in a, in a challenge. He's had some health issues this year. Uh, he lost his dad, and he was with his mom, who's in bad health, was at their home down in the Fairhope area of, of Alabama, and she wanted to stay. She wanted to stay at our home place. They grew up as missionaries, and she wanted to be there. And Drew said, man, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to say. And he said, you know, I grew up as parents um, who were missionaries. He said, I've always been in the Bible. I've always been a believer. 
but my walk with God has not been as close as it should be. And he said, the only thing I could think of at the time was I just whispered to my mom if she wanted to stay, and I knew she couldn't stay because she had fallen in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, she began to stand up. And in Jesus' name, she started moving her walker. And in Jesus' name, she walked out of the house. And in Jesus' name, she made it across the yard. And in Jesus' name, she made it into the van. In Jesus' name. If you're hiding from Jesus, if you're hiding from God, if you're behind the mask, who do you call on? Where do you go to remove the mask? It's been teased out here for the last several weeks. Deer Camp is the place. I invite you sincerely to Deer Camp to join with other men to sit in a circle, to remove a mask. My brother Sam, I see you in a totally different light after deer camp and after our trip to South Dakota. Love you dearly. It's a great time. It's a place to connect, a place to meet men heart to heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I pray specifically for the Watkins family pray for my brother. I pray for my sister as they face the sting of death. In Jesus' name, be with them. In Jesus' name, be with us. Your work on the cross reconciled us to God the Father. Thank you so much for that. In your name, give us the strength. In your name, give us peace. In your name, give us comfort. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. I'm going to show a clip out of the Green Mile. Uh, I'm okay. That didn't hurt. Just woke me up. Good morning, gentlemen. It is good to be back with you after a um, trip to um, Tennessee to be with Papa and watch the first Tennessee football game, Go Vols, Rocky Top. Uh, and appreciate Ben and Roan uh, pinch hitting uh, last week. Uh, they, they do a great job and so so good that uh, to know that you're in good hands um, with them. I wanted to reiterate two things that um, that Joe mentioned. Again, we need some help kind of uh, clearing up um, Ebenezer Place for next uh, um, weekend for deer camp. So if you can come up and just clear clutter and uh, all the construction site, um, 8 a.m. to noon uh, would be a great time uh, to be up there. Um, and Josh is coordinating all that. So appreciate that. And then certainly uh, next weekend, I uh, want you to come um, to Deer Camp if you've never been. If you have been, uh, alumni come and support the new guys. But certainly there's uh, a couple spots left for new guys. And if you've never been, uh, give yourself a gift to sit in the circle of of men um, that will support you and I assure you will take you to a, a new level of growth and a commitment to the Lord Jesus. So give yourself a gift. This morning, um, I want to finish off our series that we've been working through all summer. Normally, after Labor Day, I would start uh, a new series, but uh, I ran out of time during the summer to cover this topic uh, this morning. So I uh, stretched it past Labor Day because I did not want to uh, miss talking about this critical topic that we're going to talk about today. And um, we've been using this book as a resource, uh, True Face, uh, by Bill Thrall, uh, Bruce McNichol, and John Lynch. And I strongly encourage you um, to read this book. It's a great book, and I've just kind of been hitting some of the highlights uh, 
out of each chapter and, and, and throwing in a little bit of my own personal twist on it. But the topic that we're looking at this morning is forgiveness. The mysterious gift of forgiveness. Um, I want you to think for a minute, um, what makes forgiveness so mysterious? Why, why would Bill Thrall, Bruce McNichol, and John Lynch entitle this chapter that we're going through today, The Mysterious Gift of Forgiveness? Think about that as we listen to the song, and we'll tease that out this morning. But amazing grace, it truly is amazing. May you hear the voice of God, and may he open our hearts to what he has this morning. <clears throat> Forever. 
Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Beauty of God's grace. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Let's um, dig into our uh, last session in this series. Pick up your uh, notes there and follow with me as we read the introductory paragraph. Free to be a man. Free. Guys, what, what would it look like if you were truly free, uninhibited to love, um, to repent, in other words, own your own failure and forgive. Those are the, that's the trifecta that we've been looking at. We've covered love and repentance, uh, the key to change. Uh, you're headed uh, east, you need to go west. You're headed south, you need to go north. Or maybe I should say here, you're headed north, you need to go south, you know? Um, it's repentance, it's change. And then free to forgive. I'm no longer uh, bound by slavery and shackles to hold grudge and bitterness. Free to be a man. Take the mask off and ride the open road of grace. Many men try to hide and pretend they're not broken. But this only leads to more hiding, pretending, and despair, and nothing ever changes. We fear that God is almost never pleased. Because one of the things that is, you know, I, uh, you know this being uh, our first gathering after uh, uh, Labor Day, we're starting our 14th year here if I've got that right. Isn't that right, Jeff? This is our 14th year. And if you're coming here and you look back over your shoulder and you can't see that you're growing and um, you're changing, then you're taking up space in the room. Okay? That's right. Yeah, that's right. You can't, anybody else can leave. Jeff can't leave. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, 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 Ashley, you've changed, dude. Don't raise your hand. You're not getting out of here uh, that easy. But it's like, this is about growing. This is not about coming to get a check mark. You know, this is on my checklist. No, no, no. You come here not because you have to come. And I love that. Nobody's forcing you to come. And it's like, I, I truly believe, because I believe God moves in this place, if you're just now starting and you commit to coming for 90 days and you'll listen to what we talk about here and, and you'll start to work it into your life, mix it into the ingredients of your life, you will be different. Not because of me, not because of Jeff, not because of Joe, but the spirit of God is moving in this room. As Myrtle said, revival is gonna break out in this place. Play that piano, Myrtle. You got to come to deer camp to understand that. This study will lead us into the light between two different underlying motives, our determination to please God or to trust him. One results in a striving that never feels it has done enough to please him, and the other results in a trust that experiences his full pleasure. Why does Eric Little run? To feel his pleasure. Our motives as Jesus followers will either keep us enslaved in our hiding or free us into God's adventure for our lives. Let's discover the open road of grace together right on. I want you to be free. Free to love, free to acknowledge your failure and repent, do something different, don't keep doing the same stupid stuff over and over. And then this mysterious gift of forgiveness that we're looking at this morning mysterious. Lloyd and uh, Bubba were having this debate, and they were having this debate on what is the greatest invention ever. The greatest invention ever. And Lloyd speaks up and he says, Bubba, the greatest invention is the boat. I mean, when that boat got made and there were rivers, it was like the freeway opened up and boats 
led to all kinds of trade. The world changed. Boats were going down the uh, highway, rivers. The boat is the greatest invention. And Bubba looks at him and says, no, Lloyd, the boat's not the greatest invention. It's the airplane. I mean, think about it. Airplane could do everything that a boat could do, but get there faster, carry the world's goods. It's the airplane. And Sally Sue walks up. You know, it always takes a woman to straighten these debates out. And Sally Sue walked up and she says, no, Lloyd, no, Bubba, it's not the boat and it's not the airplane. It's the thermos. And Lloyd and Bubba looking at each other, what do you mean it's the thermos? And Sally Sue it's, said, it's the thermos because it keeps hot things hot and cold things cold. And Lloyd looks at Bubba and he says, but how do we know? <laughs> but how do we know? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Guys, forgiveness is a mystery in that when we have been hurt, we can stew and become bitter. And I make a living in many ways off of bitter people. Right, Marshall? We see it all the time. And it's a mystery that you have, you're the one that's been hurt and you actually have the power especially with the gospel empowered by Jesus to actually extend that which is not earned or deserved to another person by extending grace and forgiveness to them. And that frees you. It's a mystery. It's, it's counterintuitive. It's like, you know, you want to fold your arms like Ashley is back there right now. And you want to, uh, sit with your arms folded all the time and say, you know, I want justice. I want just, dude, do never, do never, <laughs> do never think that justice is going to bring you peace. I'm, I mean, I, I, I certainly, I'm glad that we've got a court system and hopefully it works and all that. But, but even when you see it on TV and they walk out of the courtroom and say, where have we got justice? Do you think that they go home and find peace uh, after that, no, no. Justice does not bring peace. No. So it's this idea that when we are empowered to extend that which is not deserved, uh, we are the uh, representatives of the true prophet, priest, and king, and we are his representatives as a prophet, priest, and king that we have that ability to extend grace. And it's, it's a mystery how that works. Look at Romans chapter 5 with me. Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> I love this passage. Um, and then when, when we uh, start deer camp, you know, start our men's coaching weekend, uh, at some point in the very beginning, we read this passage. Now listen to this. Uh, Romans 5, verse 20 and 21. All that passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. We need more laws. We need more laws. You know, we got, we got lawlessness going on. We need more laws. No, dude, that's not, that's not going to clean it up. We need to enforce the laws for sure. But law does not bring freedom. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. I hope that phrase is tattooed this morning uh, on your heart. Aggressive forgiveness we call grace. Aggressive forgiveness. Assertive forgiveness. Manly forgiveness. Courageous forgiveness. It's, when, it's sin versus grace. Grace wins hands down. All sin can do is threaten us with death, and that's the end of it. Grace, because God is putting everything together again through the Messiah, invites us into life, a life that goes on and on and on, world without end. It's a mystery. 
that I can be hurt, deeply, deeply hurt, sinned against, and I can be freed by extending forgiveness to somebody that doesn't deserve it, but it actually benefits me, whether they know that they've been forgiven or not, and whether they've done anything to make restitution or even to own what they've done. And we'll get into that more as we go through this. Pick up your pen. I've got three questions for you. Let's go to work. You didn't come here this morning to be passive. Engage. First question, journal this. What has been your most profound experience with forgiveness? When can you remember truly being forgiven? Whether you're a child or last week or whenever. What's been your most profound experience with forgiveness? And I'll shut up and let you write it down. When the Bible talks about forgiveness, it talks about that we are to forgive as we have been forgiven. And as I've sat with hundreds of people through the years that cannot forgive, what happens is, uh, as I understand it, that person who cannot forgive takes a grandiose position rather than seeing themselves equal to another, um, just as uh, wrong as the person who has wronged them. They take a grandiose position, a one-up position, and they say either literally or figuratively, I would never do that. I would never do that. And when that arrogance, that pride, that grandiosity takes over, you're toast. Because now you're stuck in misery, bitterness, judgment, And yet the model that scripture gives us about forgiveness is that we are to forgive as we have been forgiven by another. And his name is Jesus. One of the interesting things about forgiveness, and and many guys a lot smarter than I am and Christian writers would, would write it different than I do, but I don't believe that you can forgive yourself. And that's, you know, that's, that's how I see Scripture, because I don't see it in Scripture. No, nowhere in Scripture does it say forgive yourself. What it says in Scripture relative to forgiveness is to forgive how? As you have been forgiven. If you ain't experienced it, you ain't going to extend it. And so when we take a grandiose position because we've been hurt and we say, you know, I'd never do that. Dude, you've done at least that, if not worse somebody else and that's a position of humility yeah you know i I didn't do exactly what that guy did but i've actually done something else just as bad if if not worse and so if you've never had an experience of forgiveness and hopefully what you wrote down on your piece of paper was when you came to jesus when i came to jesus um i was a uh, was a mess and I came to Jesus just so broken and just heaving, crying. And a friend of mine led me to the Lord. And, you know, I'd grown up in church and all that. But when I came truly broken, I had nothing to offer. Uh, and I cried out to the only the one um, who could save me. And my dad, before I, uh, uh, before he had known what had happened, I remember my dad seeing me and I was in, I was in pretty crazy shape and he, and he looked at me and he says, do you need to see a psychiatrist? Uh, and I said, no, I just need to get my life right with God. Now I probably needed to see a psychiatrist too, you know, was, you know, he had, you know, but I knew that it wasn't my crazy head. It was my broken heart. I needed to be forgiven. So guys, you you will never be able to extend forgiveness 
until you have uh, owned your own need for forgiveness. And if, and if you're sitting there this morning and you're struggling with that relationship, that person, you've been wrong. They've judged you and it's not right. And you can't let go of that. You don't understand just how broken you are and what Jesus did to bring forgiveness to your heart. The only way you're going to be able to extend forgiveness is to be able to own your own need for forgiveness. Question number two. Who's an example of aggressive forgiveness to you? You know, squirrel. I mean, Jesus. Okay, but but apart from Jesus, you know, who who is model forgiveness for you? Who comes to your mind? Who is like, man, that guy's got character, integrity. Who's model forgiveness for you? If you grew up in a home where there was a lot of bitterness and resentment and anger, good luck. Wind up in my office. Um, We need models of forgiveness, men, friends. And um, certainly my wife is a model of forgiveness for me because of how she's forgiven me for how I've hurt her. My girls, I have two adult daughters now, and uh, we've had many conversations um, of how I've hurt them. Um, I recently um, listened to an Eric Metaxas um, um, interview, and as I've said to you a number of times, you need to be listening to Eric Metaxas. His podcast is outstanding, and he calls his show a show about everything. Uh, and so, uh, godly man, I, I, in my personal opinion, I believe Eric Metaxas is the closest thing to C.S. Lewis in our generation that we have. Um, he's written a number of books. Um, all are worthy of, of your read. But I, I, I recently heard him interview uh, Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt. And as you would think, there's not many Schwarzeneggers running around, you know? Wonder who, wonder who she's kin to. And she's the daughter of Arnold and um, Maria Shriver. And she wrote a book on the gift of forgiveness. Unbelievable. I didn't, who knew? Who knew that Arnold and Maria's daughter would write a book on forgiveness? And she had interviewed and has collected stories of those who have forgiven big. And the first story in the book is of Elizabeth Smart. She was, you know, the 14 year old that was um, abducted. And in the, in the book, she, she tells uh, in detail, um, appropriate detail, how she was raped every day for nine months. Now I have two daughters, gentlemen, as many of you do. Mm-mm. Horrific. And when Elizabeth Smart uh, came home, her mom and dad said to her, Elizabeth, what's happened to you is so wrong, but you cannot continue to carry that around. Otherwise, he will continue to have power over you. And she details in the book how she began to practice forgiveness. And forgiveness is not an episode. It's not like, you know, I did that and it didn't work. No, forgiveness is an ongoing process to experience it or to give it. It's practice. It's like I get up every day and I need to forgive because that dead gone unforgiveness monster will come back in. And Elizabeth Smart and the others that are detailed in that book give great examples of forgiving the unforgivable. The other resource that I would um, direct you toward is Lisa Turkesit's book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget. Um, great book. Read that this summer for the first time. And um, she does a great job of teasing that out. Forgiveness. Mysterious. Mysterious. How you have the power through 
the forgiveness that you've experienced through Jesus to grant to another that which they don't deserve. But when you do that, it frees you. So third question, to whom do you need to forgive? Who comes to your mind? Dear God, speak to my heart right now. Who do I need to forgive? Who has hurt me that I continue to carry that bitterness and keep walking with that rock in my shoe? That if I would just take that rock out of my shoe, I wouldn't walk with a limp. Who do I need to forgive? So I want you to turn to a partner. Sometimes the best work we do around here is when I shut up and let you do the work back there. Um, and I want you just to meet a friend um, and share any part of what you wrote down. Or just say to your friend, if you don't want to share anything, just say, you know, it's too painful for me to share. I just need to keep it to myself right now. But uh, God's given us a confessional faith, a talking faith. And as men, we're way too passive. I want you to turn to your partner, share any part of what you just wrote down with your partner. Go. <laughs> gentlemen let's continue you want to continue that conversation uh, buy your friend a cup of coffee and uh, continue the conversation somewhere else you to turn over to first Peter chapter 1 first Peter chapter 1 first Peter chapter 1 Peter um, had failed greatly uh, Peter is the part of you and I uh, that are so arrogant and so prideful. We got this thing figured out, right? We're all, we all got a little Peter in us, if not a lot of Peter in us. First Peter chapter one, uh, verse three. What a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus, because Jesus because Jesus, much like what Joe prayed this morning, because Jesus, how about, a, how about that phrase? Because Jesus was raised from the dead, 
we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven and the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us in the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole, and all of that hurt from how you've been hurt will go away. We're always dealing with two things, guys, as we've talked about all summer. We're either dealing with guilt, that which we've done, or we're dealing with hurt, that which has been done against us. And this morning, this idea of forgiveness is dealing with that second one, that hurt. You've been um, unfairly, unjustly treated. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime, pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through the suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Guys, I'll ask you this. Do you want to be right or do you want to be healed? Do you want justice or do you want to be healed? And if you want to be healed and you live this passage out, you extend forgiveness for your sake. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing because you kept on believing you'll get what you're looking for to total salvation. It'll all be healed. Isn't it kind of annoying that somebody that's hurt you deeply will wind up spending eternity with you? I mean, that's kind of annoying, but it's true. And eternity starts now. Jesus said the kingdom of God is now. It is now. It is now. It is now. So here's the reality, guys. And just quickly going through this, and you can fill in the blank there and look at this a little bit later. I'll just run through this quickly. The, the reality is that forgiveness is a protection um, from emotional cancer. And the cancer is that bitterness and all the other nasty words that um, we take into our life. Um, I truly believe that um, cancer is facilitated by emotional bitterness and emotional constipation. The more your body carries, it breaks down your immune system. Uh, and I'm not smart enough to figure all that out. I believe that intuitively. Somebody else is a lot smarter than I have, has written things about that. But if you carry that in your body, right, Marshall? Your body's immune system will break down, so who knows? Um, so it's a protection. But what you've got to do in reality is you've got to acknowledge the hurt. And sometimes um, we don't acknowledge the hurt. We live in denial. No, I'm not hurt. Dude, you're hurt. It's okay. It's okay. I am hurt. And best thing to do is write it out in your journal. I was unfairly uh, talked to. My employer uh, was totally wrong. I got fired unjustly. Whatever it is, acknowledge it. Hello, my name is Phil. And what do they say at the AA meeting? You know, I'm an alcoholic. And all the drunks at the AA meeting say, welcome, Phil. You got to acknowledge it. That's the first step of healing. And then we can be restored. We can be restored to freedom. Or you can live as a slave. And, uh, you know, you can buy a new shirt at Walmart. You're still a slave. You're still dressed in those rags. Jesus said, you know, I, I came to give you new life and new clothes, dressed in righteousness. But you're, but you're dressing like a, like a street person. This idea of trust is a question mark. 
Now here's here is a um, an important part about forgiveness. When you've been hurt, does that mean if you forgive that you, that you trust again and you get back in relationship with them? Mm -mm. Onesies and twosies. Okay, this is second grade um, uh, wisdom here. Forgiveness is a onesie. Reconciliation is a twosie. And what I mean by that is you can forgive and need to forgive whether the other person does anything. Forgiveness is actually for you. It frees you from being uh, entangled to them and dragging them around. I mean, some of you guys live like, uh, what's that uh, movie, uh, uh, Saturday Night with Bernie or something, where they kept dragging the dead guy around? <laughs> like, dude, the guy's dead. And when you don't forgive, it's like dragging a dead guy around. Reconciliation is a twosie in that in order to be restored in the relationship, the other person has to own their part. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And so uh, the Bible does not um, demand that we reconcile. It, uh, the Bible says that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, but it does not require us to reconcile with those who are unrepentant and who will not own their part. And so the, so the, um, this idea of forgiveness allows us to, to work with welcome. And the opposite of welcome, uh, in, in my mind, is judgment. I want to live with welcome. I'm free. You know, through the years, I have hurt so many people. You know, I make people mad. I actually get paid to make them mad sometimes. I don't try to do that. But, you know, I'm trying to help them. And I hold up a mirror to help them see reality. And some people don't like that. And I've had guys bigger than me stand up over me and threaten to beat me in my office. And praise God, I'm still alive. I haven't been shot in the parking lot. But it's the idea that I'm not judging you and, I, and, I, and I'm not going to allow you to judge me. I can say things that may be hurtful to you because that's the way you receive it. And, and, I, and I can say it wrongly. I mean, I've, I've really made some huge mistakes. But I've tried to reconcile and many of you, some of you in this room have sat with me as I've tried to clean up my mess. You know, broom on aisle three. Got a mess over here. But when we are free to forgive, we live with a welcome. It's tattooed over our forehead. Welcome. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. I don't, I don't have to see you walking down the street and I go the other way. That's miserable. So the keys to forgiveness, that's the reality. So you want to live over here on this negative side, or do you want to live with the protection and the acknowledgement and the restoration and renewed trust and welcome? That's what God's given us, free to be a man. But here's the keys, and this is, this is what I would invite you to work with. First of all, as we've already said, Acknowledge. Key one, sit down and make an inventory. This is how I've been hurt. And then what you've got to work with is how you've been affected by it. And a lot of times what people want to do is they just shut down. Um, and when they come into my office, a lot of times they're just shut down because they're trying to survive. Now, there's a difference between surviving and thriving. I mean, you can drink water and suck air and survive. But you quit living a long time ago when that trauma happened to you. In order, and, and in order to get back on the life train, forgiveness is possible. But what it's going to take is a lot of courageous 
honesty. And, and, and as we talked about many times here, it's the idea of telling God what happened to you. In, in, in my most profound experience of telling God what happened is sitting in the circle of men who love God and experiencing the incarnational presence of God through the eyes of another man and telling your story. That's telling God. It's like you get in your prayer closet and you just tell God that, I mean, that's good. Well, I'm telling you, gentlemen, and those of you who've experienced know that I'm that I, that this is true, is that when you sit across from another man or even a circle of men, like we have in South Dakota, and we're going to have next week um, at Deer Camp, it is so powerful to experience God in the eyes of another man. It's the incarnational gospel. It's his church. It's his people. And then to have the ability to be an agent of healing for another person and to extend grace. But as we've said already, guys, if you ain't experienced it, then you can't give it on forgiveness. Now, I don't think that's always true. I've seen in my own life and others that I've been able to do some things uh, that I've never experienced um, uh, before. So we can learn some things, but when it comes to forgiveness, I don't think you can extend forgiveness if you haven't experienced it on a deep, deep level. You just can't do it. That, that, that pride, that demand for justice will eat you alive. And then once again, it opens you up, not to the requirement, but to the possibility of restoring the relationship. But you'll never restore it if there's not forgiveness. It'll put a governor on that relationship. It'll only go so fast or so high. And then finally, true repair. True repair to your own broken heart and true repair to the possible reconciliation of the relationship. The, the mystery of forgiveness. How do it know? How do it know? It's a mystery. Forgiveness is a gift to yourself. Receive it so that you can give it. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you uh, for the beauty of the mystery of your gospel. Free us, Lord, to be the men that you've designed us to be. Free us from the shackles uh, that we so um, easily, too easily carry. Thank you for our time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have a great week, guys, and bring some guests next week as we start a new series. <laughs>